You're listening to Beat Autoimmune and Thrive, the podcast all about reversing and preventing autoimmune conditions so you can live your most vibrant life as soon as possible. We talk about autoimmune root causes, actionable solutions, and inspirational healing stories. I'm Palmer Kippola, and I used to have MS. Today, I'm an author, a speaker, a functional medicine certified health coach, a pickleball player, and nature lover who's helped thousands of people reclaim their health and their best lives. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome back. Today, I am delighted to be joined by my friend and career coach extraordinaire, Adrian Klapak. Adrian is the founder of A Path That Fits, a holistic career and life coaching company that serves clients all over the world. His company is his life's work, his path that fits. He's poured all of himself into creating the most effective and meaningful coaching programs possible because he wholeheartedly believes that everyone has a path that fits, and he knows what a difference it makes to find it. Adrian's formal training comes from the Coaches Training Institute, Hakomi Mindfulness and Somatic Psychology, and Internal Family Systems Therapy, IFS. He's one part coach, one part purpose guide, one part entrepreneur, and one part therapist. He's studied mindfulness meditation, rites of passage, and has a deep reverence for nature and its wisdom. Now, you might be wondering, what in the world does career coaching have to do with autoimmune healing? And here's my short answer. Healing is becoming about who you tr- is about becoming who you truly are, whole and aligned with your authentic self, mind, body, and spirit. Now, I personally worked with Adrian many years ago in the 2020, 2012 and 2013 timeframe when I was struggling with finding my own path that fit. And while I was good at and enjoyed my corporate roles in high-tech sales and marketing, I intuitively knew that these jobs in the corporate world weren't the meaning I was seeking or my life's purpose, that there was something else deeper, more meaningful, and more authentically me that I was seeking. And it was Adrian that helped me to find my path that fit. So today, I'm thrilled to be able to have a meaningful conversation with Adrian about alignment, about finding purpose and becoming more you. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you, Palmer. It's great to be here. And yeah, amazing to be here, what, over a decade later than we worked together and seeing where you are and what you've done. So very excited for this conversation. Absolutely my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Now, what I want to do is start with your own career crisis at age 23. So can you talk about how you felt the mismatch in your own career and what happened? Yeah, I got my dream job, or so I thought, out of college. I was a management consultant, went to work there at a consulting firm and, and quickly started to feel like, oh, wow, this is not right for me. And I didn't know exactly why I couldn't p- put my finger on it, but it just felt like this isn't me. There's none of me in it. I was looking at spreadsheets, which is fine for some people, just wasn't working for me. And eventually that message became so loud. I also had back pain at the time, which was getting worse the longer I was at that job, which we can talk about as well. But at a certain point, it was like, that's it, too much. 
my back's hurting. This isn't right for me. Just had this intuitive feeling like I need to leave. I need to find something else. It was really, really hard for me to admit that because it was the thing that I dreamed of doing. And I had studied really hard and worked really hard. Now I look back on, I'm like, I was only 23. It wasn't that much work, you know, now what, 20 (laughs) years later, now I know what work really (laughs) is with kids and all of it. But anyways, at the time it was like, oh my God, how can I, how can I let this thing go that I worked so hard for? But I felt it. I just knew it's not me. So I quit and did not know what I wanted to do. was totally lost. And I went traveling. I went to Asia and India for a long time, um, six months or so. And it was during that trip that I had enough space from all the pressure and identity I had built up in my life that was kind of holding me in a certain way of knowing myself uh, with all this expectation that I had to, to be successful, et cetera. So I got to sort of step outside of all of that and get to know myself in a more real and authentic way, started meditating, started introspecting. And uh, through all of that, I had this huge realization at some point. It wasn't like a single moment, like an epiphany, like, you know, we often, I think, expect or hope there'll be some sort of like huge, you know, the heavens parting and like, here's the message. And no, it wasn't that. There was just this slow crystallization, like what I'm here to do, what I've always done is help people find their way. And when that set in, and again, I can't remember a specific moment. It's just like, at some point it was like, oh yeah, that's that's what I've always done. I've always helped people find their way. I'm I'm a guide. And um, when I came back from traveling, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to do that, guide people, help people find their way. And it took some time before I found coaching as the the way, the career uh, that would enable me to do that. But it was that underlying knowing of myself as a guide that pointed me towards this path and really got me through that that crisis as well. That is so powerful and so beautiful that you were able to have the introspection at age, what, 23, 24 at this point, that that's who you were truly. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, to quit your job and take that time away to go travel. I think that's so beautiful to have that distance and mm-hmm. then give yourself the gift of that time to reflect and come back. I mean, that's that's a lot of learning and wisdom, you know, in the first 24 years right there. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I can bring in back pain because... I don't know if I would have done it without being in pain. It it was, I knew that the career, that that work was not right for me. But at that point, I didn't know what my calling was. I didn't know my gifts. I didn't even really know what I was passionate about, but I was in pain. And I was increasingly in pain. The longer I was sitting, the more work I did at a computer in that environment, the more, the more pain I was experiencing. So there was an intuitive misfit. And then there was also this experience of pain in my back and my legs from sciatica. Like I need, I needed to leave. I needed to try to do something. And it was that pain that was, that was the extra motivation to let it go and 
yeah, do something radical. It was like, what I'm doing is not working. I need, I need something else. And it ended up being this, this trip and extracting myself from the culture and pressures and identities. And that was, that was hugely useful. And I've reflected back on it. It's like, you know, this one of the um, ancient methods for pathfinding, let's say, is, is the retreat is to, is to remove oneself from relationships, obligations, uh, you know, all the everyday monotony or normalcy and go and seek, you know, uh, listen in a deeper way, call it spiritual guidance, listening to oneself, whatever. Um, I wasn't even thinking about it in that way. It just sort of happened. But now when I look back on it, I can see the, just the, the, I don't know, the grace, the good fortune uh, that, that my life moved me in that direction. That's really, really beautiful that you had that level of intuition. But even though the back pain was there and you didn't go consciously looking to be on retreat and so forth, I'm curious, when you were away, did you notice a lessening of the back pain? You weren't sitting. You were doing things. You were traveling. You were in Asia. I'm imagining a lot of walking around, um, exploring and so forth. Did you become conscious that my back pain is not so great? Or tell me about that process. Yeah, I don't remember. It didn't go away. Uh, that I know, you know, and that was my hope was like, if, if, if I leave, if I, yeah, that I would just, I don't even know. I was just like hoping like maybe, maybe if I go, I'll meet some, have some insight, meet some healer something or other. And, and my pain will go away. And it, and it definitely didn't. And it was with me the whole trip. And it was with me for 15 years after that. So even in the transition from management consulting to career coaching, I also had hoped that that would alleviate the pain, that if I was, you know, on my path, uh, which I do believe I was and still am, um, that that would alleviate my pain. And it didn't. Um, it helped because I could modify my work environment, my schedule, all those things. It definitely helped to have that freedom. But my pain didn't go away until my daughter was born. And that's where I started to, for me, everyone's healing journeys, everyone's healing journey is different. For me, that was where I really truly started to heal my pain. Wow. I know you're right about the pain itself being a significant teacher to you. Um, and I know that your daughter was a profound moment in your life that, or contrast, if you will, where you could see that, oh, you know, now something is different. Talk about, I'd love to know more specifically, was it an alleviation of stress? Was there something that did you view your daughter as part of your own life's purpose that allowed you to feel more aligned with who you are as you know, this teacher of back pain, and mm. now that you're not experiencing it, or at least to my knowledge, you're not having this intense back pain. What what else happened that you were al allowed to release the pain or that it left you? 
it, I believe it was stress related uh, to say it, to put it generally, and I can break that down a little bit. So just for context, um, when I was 22, I guess in 2003, I had back pain show up after a flight from San Francisco to New York, woke up the next morning, all of a sudden there's pain in my back and sciatica in my legs. And I'm like, what, what is this? This is so uncomfortable, but also so unfamiliar. I've never had anything like this. And basically it, it stayed with me, um, for 15 years and it got, and I did everything. I mean, we could probably play a game where you name a, uh, treatment or healing modality. And I've tried it. Like I went to the ends of the earth looking for uh, help with this. I had back surgery in 2016. Mm. Her was awful, made my pain worse. It was mm. like the hardest time in my life recovering from surgery and thinking, mm. so what did I just do? Like I, I made it worse. This is, this is awful. You know, there's no, it was kind of like my last hope. Um, and, and so heading into the birth of my daughter, my pain was bad and my life was hugely affected and interrupted by managing pain all the time. Mm. When my daughter was born, I was euphoric. I was like on the highest high ever that I'd ever experienced. Um, and in that sort of in the, the days and weeks following her birth, when I was just there with my daughter supporting my life, we were, or my wife, we were totally blissed out and insulated from the rest of the world. And I and I was noticing, wow, my my pain is like gone. What what is happening? And where did it go? And starting to like, I almost couldn't believe it. And then maybe a month later, when I started to go back to life and work, my pain came back. Mm. And it was it was then that I started to recognize for me, wait a second, I didn't nothing changed in my body. There was no I didn't do any kind of different treatment, nothing. There was no physical change whatsoever. And yet the experience of physical pain in my body dramatically changed when she was born, went into euphoria. And then when I went back to work, came back. So that to me said, it's, it's gotta be related to something non-physical. I didn't know exactly what, but I started learning, reading different sort of approaches to treatment and therapy in the, you know, mind body medicine, I think it's called, there's a lot of different names for it. Um, You write about it in your chapter on stress and that, that, that approach is like a huge leap of, I think, understanding, as John Sarno would say. Uh, So not a leap of faith, but a leap of understanding that emotional and life stress and trauma can cause physical pain. That wasn't, I wasn't aware of that before. When I started to put that together through the help of, you know, authors, experts like you and other doctors, um, then that led me down this path of healing. And for me, I had all this unknown to me anger and mm. um, that's like, that wasn't, I wasn't in touch with my anger. I was a nice guy. I was like always so, um, so much of a pleaser, um, mm. so empathetic and am those things are true, 
Um, but I learned that in always pleasing and always being nice, I was not listening to some 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 deep, true feelings of anger, uh, as well as grief over, you know, things in my life, uh, challenges that I'd experienced. And so for me, it was that process of recognizing and feeling the anger, the grief, these these more difficult emotions that were sitting inside of me, creating this sort of emotional burden, this stress uh, and releasing those things. And the other one I want to say, and then I'll, I'll stop because I know I've been talking for a while here. This is great. Uh, the other one for me that was producing a lot of stress was all the pressure that I put yeah. on myself to succeed, to um, accomplish and yeah. achieve. And, you know, that's such a hard one because it's so it's such a cultural culturally held i think at least the culture i grew up in in california um it's such a common thing i think for for people to feel like we we need to go out and and do well well enough to to survive uh provide for our families etc but then there's all this extra on top of it like my worth is connected to how much I accomplish and achieve and how good I am and my sort of status in, in society. And so I had to take a hard look at that and recognize the ways that I was putting pressure on myself and then do the deeper healing to be able to actually let that go. So it was a process. And over the year or so following my daughter's birth, I was I was deep in therapy. I was deep in a process with myself using all my tools. And at some point in that year, my pain faded away. And I'd say it's 99% better. I'll still have my moments where I do something that's too much for my body. My pain will come back for a little bit, but like a day or two, and then it's gone again. So for me, dealing with stress and uh, my emotional world, particularly in my unconscious with anger and with the pressure I put on myself to succeed, that was my path to healing from chronic pain. What a gift, right? This back pain teacher. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that you spoke about the stress, the emotional pain, the noticing that the back pain got worse with more stress. A lot of people are not as tuned mm -hmm. into noticing these things. But I want to take a, a slight detour into uh, some of the things that you mentioned, the people pleaser, the striver, the achiever. I learned from Dr. Gabor Mate, who is a medical doctor and trauma specialist, that there are autoimmune personality types. And I don't think it's exclusive to autoimmune. It may um, be partly you know, a cancer personality type, um, perhaps. But these, he claims to know with 99% certainty people that will go on to develop autoimmunity or cancer. And these are the people pleasers, the overachievers, the people who put everyone's needs ahead of their own at, at their own expense. Um, let's see what other personality, the perfectionist needing mm -hmm. things to be just right. And these are actually personalities that we adopt often in childhood because there was some something that happened 
And we needed to develop a personality in order to be safe. So I'll give myself as an example that my parents had very high expectations of me, my dad in particular. And if I brought home a B on my report card instead of the usual A, my dad would ask, what happened here? And and I realized very quickly, as children do, little sponges, that in order to get the love that I wanted, that I deserved, I better bring home A's on my report card. I got to get that book report, you know, as good as Jill Cooper did in kindergarten, right? In order to measure up, I needed to become that I I view myself kind of as a trained seal. I mean, I became the people people pleaser, the perfectionist, getting the A's, the achiever type. All of this is building these identities to meet somebody else's needs, to become pleasing to our caregivers, where we need to have these emotional bonds, right? So I didn't mean to take us so far away, but it's important because I think many people follow what their parents want them to do, what society wants them to do, the pressure to achieve, right? I mean, maybe it's stronger with men. I I don't know. But I will say that autoimmunity is mostly a women's issue. And there are, I, I don't know, percentages in terms of people that have experienced childhood trauma, but studies have been done that show at least 67% of us have experienced at least one adverse childhood experience. And those in and of themselves, what happens in childhood, whether it's neglect or abuse or name a list of things, um, can increase the risk of somebody's development of autoimmunity later in life. And so what you experienced with back pain and your connection that you made to feeling the stress of being a pleaser or needing to achieve or the pressure that you put on yourself, excuse me, put on yourself is something that goes down that path of pain. And when you become more truly who you are, when you find your path that fits, we begin to unwind or become more conscious of, and therefore we can make better choices of whatever personality type or, you know, whatever we put on. Because what I put on in childhood isn't something that I need to put on as a grown woman. But that's a conscious choice. That is self-reflection. And, oh, I see what happened. Right? Exactly. And and the clients that I'm working with related to finding work that fits who they are, meaningful work, purposeful work. One of the big things that we always encounter is the is the what what I thought I should be doing or I was doing this because and you know, it's complicated. There's many layers to it, but, but often there was because my parents uh, wanted me to do this, or I knew that they would approve of this, but not of my desire to, you know, go into theater um, or whatever it is, or I'm doing this because uh, I grew up without a lot of resources and I needed to make some money. And it's like, well, that's, that makes so much sense. That's a, that's a good reason uh, to go and choose that. But then there's this point where it's no longer fulfilling or like what you were saying that the strategy worked, 
you know, we, 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 we've accomplished that goal of, you know, belonging or acceptance or a basic level of security and um, they don't need or want uh, to do what they should be doing anymore. There's this, this other part that's like, can't be ignored any longer that's saying like, I want to do something authentic. I want to do something meaningful. I want to do something with purpose. And like you're saying, I absolutely believe that that's, you know, that's a part of the organism of a human moving toward healing. And it's, it's like one part of that, that journey of alignment is doing work that feels authentic, that feels meaningful, that feels like it's an expression of who we are. We don't have to be somebody we're not in our work. And I think that that alignment is, there's a lot of vitality. There's a lot of wellness. There's a lot of, you know, health uh, in, in doing work that somebody loves and feels aligned with. So beautifully said, Adrian. And I think this might be a good moment to talk about my experience in working with you. Yeah. Would that, would that serve the conversation? Absolutely. So um, we have to go back to 2012. And what I thought I would do is give a little bit of history about where I was and my experience and how I found you and a little bit of my experience in working with you. Would that be okay? That sounds great. Okay. So let me, let me take you back in time. Um, I was VP of sales for a small technology services business where I had been working for a decade and I had climbed the corporate ladder, was making good money, but I was unfulfilled and I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. And I, I didn't fit, find the work particularly meaningful. Um, a couple of years earlier, actually the year before, I had reversed MS and I was completely free of symptoms for the first time in 26 years. Now that was a big deal but I just took it in stride. Mm -hmm. And it was other people who actually pointed this out to me, but I didn't see it for a long time. And honestly, it's, it's hard to look for something new when you're totally fully employed, but I knew that I was not a match for what I was doing. So I amassed a bookshelf. You can see the bookshelf behind me. I've got a whole uh, bookshelf of books about finding purpose and careers, but since I was fully employed and quite busy, I actually went sideways for a couple of years. Um, so it took a moment of truth that came uh, at a particular time in 2012 when the CEO of the firm that I was working for hired a new uh, SVP of sales who became my boss. I don't know if you know this part of the story. Mm -hmm. um, this man was a quintessential old school salesman. He had worked in male-dominated technology sales roles, very high pressure, very what I would consider loose ethics, and with very few women on the team. In fact, I remember him actually saying as he fired some of the women um, that were on my team that women didn't belong in sales. Mm -hmm. Can you believe that? And it was me. I ended up being the last woman standing on his team. But in retrospect, looking back now, which is always 2020 vision, I find it kind of funny because I can see the gift that he was. Yeah. It was the contrast that I needed to decide to take massive action. And in fact, I thought about that word decide. It means to cut from, mm. decide, 
right? It's it's a point in time when we we can just keep going sideways. I had inertia that was just carrying me forward, and I call it the golden handcuffs because I was making good money. I was good at what I did, but there wasn't really an event that caused me to have to make a change. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Until this guy came along, women don't belong in sales. Like, what am I doing? My path is not about climbing a corporate ladder. Like, I'm as high as I want to go. There's nothing, there's nothing more for me here. But that was the moment. So one morning, I woke up, I looked at my husband, and I just said, I'm done. And he knew exactly what I meant. I, I, this is when I gave my two weeks notice. I handed things off well, and I didn't look back. Um, so fortunately, I had savings in hand from all the work that I had done, and I gave myself a gift of a year's sabbatical, and I actually called it my happiness sabbatical. And it was at this point, I didn't have a plan, except I wanted to pursue things that made me happy, like being in nature, hiking with friends, doing yoga, um, traveling a little bit, cooking, reading, just things that brought me joy. That's what this year was about. And once I started to relax, I think it was several months after I quit, I did this Google search. And there I found you on Yelp in San Francisco. And that's how we connected. Mm. Yeah, I remember that. And then what? How did it all? And then what? So, <laughs> so, so this is this is where I need to like challenge my memory a little bit because we're talking about eleven years ago now. Um, and fortunately, as we were discussing earlier, I found some emails that you and I had communicated back and forth. That's one of the beauties of not deleting your emails. Um, is that I still had them. And I recalled and reflected that what I love most about working with you is that you created this container, this safe space that you provided and the process that you led me through, which essentially was asking really good questions and giving me this space for reflection. And I think you had something, if I remember correctly, called a who am I process, mm -hmm. right? What's my personality? Uh, what are my passions? What's my mission? And it just enabled me to go to a deeper place where I journaled. I remember taking my journal, sitting in a park, reflecting on these things and getting clarity. And it took time, mm -hmm. but I knew I wanted to help people. I knew that I, I love speaking and being a spokesperson for a cause was something that really resonated with me. I love so communicating, leading, inspiring other people, and that my passions were health and wellness. And I really wanted to help people. So I knew that I could um, find a life of meaning by helping other people. And somehow or other, healing and wellness was going to be part of it. But the funny thing was, it was other people that pointed out to me, reversing MS is a big deal. Like, this this is big. Maybe there's something there, but you helped me to crystallize and get a little bit more clarity on, well, what role would I play? What what would I actually do um, to help bring forth my gifts and to fuel the passions that I had that I knew that I could do for the long term? And then that's when I started to be able to see myself as a health coach specifically a functional medicine health coach, because it was functional medicine, which is root cause medicine that allowed me to heal 
from the MS. So you were the person that provided, you know, the mirror, the uh, fabulous questions, the space, and guided me through this process of developing that clarity. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all coming back to me as you say it. And what I remember is going through this process and then you took a pause. It was like, you want it. You're like, I need, I need to let this all sink in and Mm -hmm. digest. Mm -hmm. And then you came back and you're like, okay, it's, I got it. You know, it's, it's the thing that we kind of thought that was like right under my nose the whole time. And, Mm -hmm. and there it was. And then you were, you were launched into it. It was such a exciting thing to see when you, in this case, other clients as well, but find their thing and it's all aligned and you were just like on it. Right. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it'd be helpful. I can, I can quickly highlight the process, the steps for people list. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that, that would be great. And and I love that you mentioned, and I just want to touch on I the word that keeps coming up for me is time to percolate. It was just I was I was allowing myself that time of gestation, I guess, of mm-hmm. okay, now that we've created this framework, I've I've really spent a lot of time reflecting. Now I just need to let things germinate. Yeah. Like like seeds that are gonna sprout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. Right. right. Making a career change is huge, huge. And I don't I say as I'm hearing myself say this, I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to I don't want to exacerbate the fears, you know, of those of you listening or make it seem bigger than it isn't because people do it all the time. But just to validate that it's a big deal. It's it's yeah. a big process. So giving it time, letting it percolate, uh, having support also can be really helpful. So yeah, makes sense, you know, for you so, and many others that you let it percolate. Okay. You want to hear Please this? take us through. So, well, you're, you're, I'm going to use your story that you just told as an example, because it does highlight the process. So the, the, the first step is, is the realization I'm done, or this isn't right. And it might not be like, I'm done. I need to quit tomorrow, but that that honest accounting, the reckoning, let's say, like, this is not me, this isn't right anymore. And I had that, which I explained, you had that, a lot of people have that. Yeah. So it's that I need to do something different. And then uh, what you did was take some time off. You know, I did the same as well. That's great. If you can do it, it's not necessary. I also think, um, engaging in the process that I guide people through is a, it's a certain retreat. It's a certain time off. Like Palmer, you were saying that there was this space I was holding and going through my program or working with me one-on-one or one of the other coaches on the team. It's yes, we're doing that. We're holding you in a kind of time at a time, a space where you can reflect and reconnect to who you are. And so that's really the first big piece is the reconnecting to who you are. And just to frame that in a certain way, a lot of people will come to me and say, I'm not sure what I should do next. And I'll say, great, yes, okay, let's put aside that question. You know, Mm. what should I do next? Yes, we want to answer that question, but that's not the first question. The first question is, who am I? So we start with 
who are you? Because what you should do next, or the answer to the, I'm not trying to tell anybody what they should do, but the answer to the question, what should I do next is you, is, is, is do you be yourself? Um, and it's not that simple because we need to connect who you are to a career that's going to be sustainable, meet your needs, fit your lifestyle, et cetera. But the essence of it is that work is an expression of who you are, of what you're good at, of what you love to do, what you're interested in, fascinated by, in a way that fits your personality. So that's what I'm doing in in the initial phase is helping you, anybody, discover what are your gifts? uh, What are your passions? uh, What are your needs? And in that also, always is, you know, purpose is somewhere in there. Like you said, mission, mission, purpose, calling, whatever we call it, that also emerges from that deeper inquiry into what are my gifts? What are my passions? What are my needs? And, you know, what, what am I here to do? And once we get to the core of those things, we can then say, okay, and what careers will enable you to express your gifts, do what you're passionate about, fulfill your your mission your calling and it's not that there's just like one that's that's you know oh it's this you know we do this all this equation internal discovery and output is one career no usually there's a variety of possibilities and then the process shifts from the internal you know discovery to going out in the world and starting to explore you know do i want to be a health coach? And if so, what type? Or do I want to do sales and marketing for a health and wellness organization, for example? Or do I want to be a psychologist or some other way of helping people uh, while also incorporating your gifts and passion? So it's then for, you know, for you or for the client to go and explore, start talking to people, learning about those careers, and then really listening to, you know, which one feels like me, which one feels right for me. And that intuitive ability, you probably see this with your clients as well. Like that, that intuition gets muddied. It's harder to access when we're in, in, in something that isn't the right fit for us. And we're doing what we think we should be doing, pleasing as I was, or all this pressure to accomplish and succeed. That's not, those things aren't coming from our our truth. But when we go through this process of reflection, who am I through gifts, passions, or whatever, uh, then it, it also brings us back in touch with our intuition. And it's easier to know, to feel it, you know, which, which career, which path is really right for me. Wow. I, as you were speaking, I was literally remembering being in your office and going through some of these questions with you. And one of the things that I remembered is the importance of the informational interview. Mm -hmm. And this is something that you encouraged that I think is, is so important, especially as people are wrestling with maybe midlife career change and you've been doing something a really long time, but you've been fantasized about fantasizing about doing something else. And instead, instead of just staying stuck in that fantasy land, one way to make that real that I did was to have conversations with people 
who are doing the thing that you've been thinking about doing for a very long time. Yes. And you help me with questions to ask of people who were doing the thing, whether it was health coaching, whether it was being a spokesperson for a health and wellness company. I remember we talked about that too. That's a possibility, right? Um, but as much as people can make it real and try it on, I think that is such a huge help to take you from where you are to where you truly fit, where you truly want to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and informational interviews, yes, you said try it on. That made me think of another step uh, for some people who aren't sure after doing informational interviews, you know, do, do I really want to do this thing? Is it really going to be fulfilling in the way that I expect it? I'll say, take it for a test drive. Like don't don't quit your job and go and do that thing that you're not yet sure of, but find a way to do it. Volunteer, take a take a class, a certification program, um, do your own personal project. It all depends on what the thing is, you know, like it could be landscape design and go and find somebody who, you know, you can totally redesign their garden and see how is it when you're actually doing it? Or if you want to be a health coach, see if you can go and volunteer for some organization that needs some form of coaching to try it. It's through that that experience uh, that sometimes we need to have an experience to to really know what's right for us. To chew on it, to, to actually swirl it around in your mouth. You know, my husband talks about this when he sips wine. It's you're really trying it on. Mm-hmm. before you're committing 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes people don't feel like they can give themselves permission to do that. But I would encourage you if you have an opportunity to try something on like that. Because what's the worst thing? The worst thing is you die with your music inside. Mm-hmm. You get to the end of your life and you realize I have not done what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. I regret that I didn't do whatever it is. And so... It it takes some courage, right, to explore Absolutely. a new path. But this is an ability where you don't have to necessarily, you know, quit your job to go do something new. That's not what we're saying here. What you're suggesting is you can actually have this conversation with you now to explore getting better aligned with who you truly are in and finding work that is more fulfilling, right? And as a possible step to try that on before you commit a hundred percent to jumping. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of people are in the position where they can't let go of, they can't quit. They can't let go of their, uh, their job, their existing career to do mm-hmm. the new thing because yeah. the new thing may need additional education or a portfolio yeah. or these things that take time to build and they can't or don't want to go without any income. And so one way to, to to respond to that situation is like, oh, I can't do the thing that I really want to do. I just have to stay and, and do my current thing. And it's like, yeah. well, no, if, if you can start it on the side. You, know, right. you can begin. doesn't matter if it takes years to, to get there. Like start doing it on the side. And I see this with clients do this all the time. Like I can't leave my day job. Okay, what can you do? How can you start it on the side? And then starts to show you get the training, the education, you start to do something freelance, you build that portfolio. And one, you're experiencing it and getting a test drive. 
you're also most people getting more excited about it. If you're not more excited, you can pivot within it and try something else with, again, you've got the stability, your current job, but at a certain point, it's like, it becomes really motivating, really exciting. And people say, okay, now I'm ready to quit and go and do this. And it's not an agonizing, excruciating, uh, anxiety provoking decision to leave your job. It's like, Oh yeah, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's time. It's a natural transition. It is. Yeah. 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 So it occurred to me that it would be interesting for both of us to talk about being in jobs, doing what we love now and what that's like. Because I'll just speak for me and you can speak for yourself if that, sir, if, if that, you know, speaks to you. I am so privileged, Adrian, to stand here at my desk every day when I choose to work, which is I'm, I'm working full time to serve clients, to work with people one on one. And I, the amount of times that I get chills when I'm connecting with people and realizing that the MS itself was the gift that allowed me to be here in service to other people and to create these this ripple effect, it's I can't even put words around it really. I mean, it's mm-hmm. transformative for me, but it's the ripple, right, with other people that I am privileged to have and be in that space of helping other people find out who they truly are. And that's part of their healing process is to mm-hmm. become more aligned with who they truly are and not who their parents wanted them to be or society or their friends or the church or whatever pressures that they had. But their healing path is about coming into alignment. So that's how I feel. And I, from the bottom of my heart, want to thank you mm-hmm. for being part of my process because this has been, um, I, I can't imagine not doing what I'm currently doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm so grateful to know you, you like watching you do what you've done, the impact that you're having, changing people's lives. Like truly we were just mm. talking, started recording about some of the just recent, like in the last week, conversations you've had with with people who've gone through your program and how it's transformed totally transformed their life how they feel also what they want to do right. in the world right, right. and so to, to have been a small part of your discovery of this path and then you know what you've all these people that you've done it's amazing it's like yeah i this is i'm so grateful to to be doing something meaningful and i also just love the experience i'll say of of you know sitting with you 10 years ago or however long it's been now um and so many other people and so there's there's that as well it's like yeah there's the impact yeah. which is real and meaningful and then there's the experience of in the moment doing something where i feel like yeah this is this is me this is great like i'm in the flow I also want to say about, you know, you were saying about the 
the illness, the pain in whatever form it comes, whatever we call it, being the catalyst for healing and ultimately for a deeper knowing of ourselves, which I kind of think is like the whole game in this life, or, or at least a huge part of it is the the continued and deeper knowing and expression of who we are, what our song is, as you said, we don't want to go out with our song still in us, right? Um, that, yeah, for me, my pain absolutely was a huge catalyst. Like it was the turning point in my life from just going along with what I think I should be doing, being who other people wanted me to be, um, being who I thought I should be to try to get my needs met underneath the wounds, you know, that the pain woke me up to that process. And it took me a long time to unwind all that, like 15 years of being in chronic pain and changing careers. And while the immediate career change didn't alleviate all of my symptoms, I think it improved it. It certainly gave me more flexibility and it brought fulfillment to my life. Absolutely. But it was a part of, I think, beginning to peel back the layers like pain can be such a multifaceted, multidimensional. You have six core areas, right? To to unravel, to look mm-hmm. at, and, mm-hmm. and each one of those is a is a world into itself, right? So it it took a long time uh, for me to get there, and still, I still ple- I'm pleasing people like these patterns that you know I'm still <laughs> put too much pressure on myself. I still have perfectionist perfectionism and unrealistic, you know, expectations. And it and it stresses me out and it and it causes me, yeah, when I do have pain, you know, I know that's at the the core of it. So I also feel like just in full, you know, humanness and and transparency, it's I think it's useful to know that like it, at least in my case, um, I feel like I'm absolutely on my path. I'm deeply aligned with what I'm here to do. And I'm still healing and working all this shit out and not completely free of any, you know, pain, back pain or otherwise. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because in some ways we're never done. We are human and we are on this continuum. Yeah. And I think we can talk in levels of awareness, right? And just the fact that you were aware that your back pain had something to do with your misalignment in the work that you were doing. And, oh, I move this way, the pain is less. I move that way and the pain gets greater. Mm-hmm. You know, we we can, I know how to bring the MS back. You know, now that we have an equation for how to get out of one, we have an yeah. equation for how to get into one, right? Yeah. You got the underlying genes, which I'll always have for it, but we have these environmental factors, yeah. right? If I choose to eat the way that I was eating that standard American diet and, you know, bring levels of stress back to an all-time high, and I mean, th- there are ways that we can get into this, but I, I think it's just, we're making some course corrections and we go more towards what brings us health. Mm -hmm. And with this level of awareness that we have, 
being in choice as opposed to being a victim of our circumstance is is very empowering. Mm-hmm. Very empowering. Um, so yes, we are human and doing the best we can. Yeah. And have frameworks that allow us to live hopefully with less pain, more gratitude, more joy, more alignment, more resonance. And I think that's the best life we can have, right? Yeah. All right, Adrian, we need to know where people can find you. A path that fits.com. That's the, that's where I am. So beautiful. I know you do coaching one-on-one still with people, but you have a beautiful program that is a part, part coaching and part online course for people who resonate with learning in group environments. Correct. Yes. Yeah. We have a group coaching program that is uh, self-paced. So you can move at whatever pace, but there's other people in it. You can connect, you can connect with accountability buddies if you want. There's live group coaching sessions twice a month that I lead. Uh, There's a wealth of information, step-by-step guidance, activities, assessments, questionnaires, everything Palmer mentioned in the course that you can move through. And then we also have coaches one-on-one who can guide that process. Beautiful. Well, I will make sure to put all of the links in the show notes below so that people can get a hold of you or one of your coaches or find a program and find their path that fits. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you would like to make sure that you say before we wrap up? I'm sure, but but I feel also... (laughs) Complete. I could talk to you for for hours. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. This was this was this was great and really really meaningful to connect with you after so many years and see what you've built and created and all the people you've touched and uh, feels like great sort of reciprocity circle of of life yeah. to be yeah. here. So thank you for having I, me. I feel the same way, Adrian. It's just a pleasure and a joy. I've loved this conversation. I look forward to the next one already. So I, instead of saying goodbye, I'll just say, um, you know, for now, take great care. This was a joy to do with you. And I'll look forward to the next time already. Thank you, Palmer. Take care, my friend. You too. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends and family. And if you feel inspired, please leave a quick review so other people can find it too. Now, if you want to beat autoimmune and thrive, make sure you sign up for my free video training at freeautoimmunetraining.com. That's freeautoimmunetraining.com. And watch the first video right away. Take good care. Bye for now.